Hey there, welcome to Dirt Rich, seasonal conversations about food and farming. My name is Katie Federal, and today we're getting a project update from Sarah Lindblom. She's in her sixth season over at Solar Fresh Produce, her diversified CSA farm near Buffalo, Minnesota. This spring, she received a grant to purchase and demonstrate a caterpillar tunnel kit and is making reports throughout the season on the project titled La Vie and Rose. Sarah, thanks for coming on today. I'm excited to hear about this new big project that you've been working on on your farm. Thank you. I am excited that this spring I applied for and um, received a grant from the Mill City Next Stage uh, grant program. And um, that was a grant for $2,160 to build a caterpillar tunnel at the farm and explore using the soil health principles in the caterpillar tunnel. So I decided as part of that grant project to do a little bit of an educational component to it to make the just my successes and failures more accessible to others that might be interested in the same type of project. And I was happy that this uh, Crow River chapter of the Sustainable Farming Association was willing to partner on that. And we are putting together this series of five installments that will be available through the Sustainable Farming Association website to just follow along and see how the project goes. Right on. So, so, so far you've released the first phase, which you, uh, you titled Keep the Soil Covered. Um, so I'm wondering, yeah, what made you choose the Caterpillar Tunnel? Sure, so I have been, um, growing tomatoes in a hoop house for the last few years. And that was a smaller hoop house that was starting to just get a little bit worn out from having tomatoes and no other rainfall in it from the last few years. And I also wanted a little bit more space. This new caterpillar tunnel is, uh, let's see, it's 14 feet by 100 feet long. So it definitely had more space than what I was growing in. I also liked the fact that this caterpillar tunnel design is more easily movable. So if down the road I wanted to rotate crops or just choose a new location for any other reason, it would be easier to move. And I also liked the idea of just having a little bit of season extension and protection from unpredictable weather events, more just ability to control the climate within the tunnel. So what happens in phase one? So phase one, I received the product. I was able to assemble it and do a little bit of prep within the tunnel to um, just get the footprint ready and I also started the soil health report card, which includes the infiltration test. So I'll talk about that a little bit as well. But mostly building the tunnel, just kind of getting a, a handle on things. So if someone else is interested in building a caterpillar tunnel on their property too, uh, what kinds of things did you learn that might be helpful to them? Yeah, I was really happy this time that I went with a kit. Um, I went with a farmer's friend, Gothic, uh, not Gothic Pro, just the Gothic basic model that's 100 feet long. And I have to say it arrived on an eight foot pallet. Everything was there that I needed, including some nice instructions 
with full color pictures. And that just made it easy to not be making trips back and forth to the store, looking for parts or trying to fabricate things that can take a lot of time. So I would say that going with the kit was definitely a time saver, whatever model you go with. The first step was kind of pounding the rebar posts into the ground. One thing the instructions didn't really say was how deep to pound those in. So they were about three foot long posts. I pounded them in so they were about 10 inches of them were still up above the ground. Um, and it didn't really need to be perfectly square. So that is a bit of a tricky part getting the square footprint. But once you get that close enough, it really doesn't need to be perfect. A couple other things just with the purlins, there weren't cross connectors for every single archway that went across. And I think it would help to install those. And I might also add a little bit more bracing than just what came with the kit. It also came with all the wiggle wire. It came with um, and track to put that just at the ends. And it didn't really have an end wall kit, so I'm going to have to figure something out for that. So just maybe installing a little bit more bracing um, would be good with this model that came in. And those upgrades are available. I just chose to go with the basic model so far and decide where to go from there. The only other things with the... With the installation is the plastic, just making sure to do that on a calm night if possible, that's really helpful. And then uh, another thing that I noticed since putting this report together was that there's a billow prevention rope that you use to secure down the plastic. And I noticed there was one point where it maybe was a little bit too tight and it cut into the rope where it went over the top of the center purlin. So just maybe not tightening that, it maybe didn't need to be as tight as I had it to help prevent that damage to the plastic. Could you tell us a little more about the soil health report card and the tests that you're doing? So when um, I was doing the presentations for the SFA this last winter about soil health for vegetable growers at some of the conferences, one of the things I actually picked up as a presenter was learning that some people had created soil health report cards at their farm to keep track of soil health testing and anything they were doing to improve soil health and monitor that over time. So I decided as part of this grant project that I would also create a soil health uh, report card and include some uh, reporting on some of the tests that we had done in our presentations and to just get a better sense of some of the soil health variations across the farm. The first one I started with in this present, or in this, uh, I should say, phase, phase one was the infiltration test. And that is a soil health test that just man, uh, measures about how much water your field can hold after a one inch rain event. So it just gives you a little bit better idea of where you may have some compaction. This test kind of gets to some of the soil health structure of your fields and it's interesting to see just different management areas if there's some areas you've been tilling versus using reduced tillage practices you can use this test to compare the soil structure of those and for more information and pictures and a detailed description on how to do that test you can look at the actual report on the SFA webpage and 
I will hopefully be getting out a more comprehensive um, spreadsheet for a soil health report card. But for starters, there is just a little table with some of the data that I collected on the infiltration test that you could use to start collecting this data on your own. So you mentioned occultation to me. Could you tell me a little bit more about that and what that tool means for soil health? Sure. This um, first installment of the project is phase one, keep the soil covered. So I discussed a little bit of the method I used to prepare the soil for planting in the caterpillar tunnel. And this particular garden bed was pretty weedy last year after just having such a wet year. I really struggled with weed management. And I decided to use a technique called occultation where you basically starve the plants of light so they're not able to photosynthesize and create food for the roots. So last fall, I pulled a tarp over that area and left it there for the entire winter. And this spring, I uncovered it and I was pretty happy with the results to see that the soil was pretty much ready to go other than some forking, um, which I'll get into in phase two a little bit more. And I'm just noticing even so far, it's managed to kill a lot of the annual weed seeds. So this is just a method that's kind of another tool in the toolkit. It's similar to cover cropping, but since I had so much weeds to begin with, I just didn't want to um, have a really weedy cover crop. So this was a good kind of technique to use instead that is just another tool in the toolkit to help with weed pressure, keeping the soil covered, and using a no-till method to prepare the garden bed for planting. What's next for phase two? What can we expect to hear from you? So phase two, I'm going to talk a little bit more about minimizing soil disruption. So this phase is going to dive into a little bit more about how I prepare the beds for planting within the caterpillar tunnel. It will talk a little bit about some of the different tools that I use for reduced tillage practices. Um, and I'll, I'll get a start on planting some stuff in the caterpillar tunnel, some vegetables and herbs. And I also talk a little bit about the um, drip tape and the in, uh, irrigation system that I set up in there. So you'll be able to see some pictures of how I set that up. And then hopefully I will get a look, a deeper look at the slake test during that phase two. Great. So if, if you're interested in following along with Sarah's project, uh, you can go to sfa-mn.org and go to chapters. And under the Crow River chapter, you'll find her project updates right on their homepage. And we'll also put a link in the show notes for you. Dirt Rich is produced by the Sustainable Farming Association. We believe agriculture, done well, heals. For more resources or to tap into the Farmer to Farmer network, visit sfa-mn.org.